Welcome back to Old School at the Movies, your one-stop shop for all your movie-related news. I'm your host, Mr. Old School. Before I get to the panel this week, let's get into our contact information. Oldschoolmovies.net is a site where you can listen, download, and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, oldschoolmovies2gmail.com or oldmovies.net, hashtag OSATM. Our panel this week, Mr. Heavy Set. I, I am your what? Panelist? No. What, the other thing. Oh, Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man. Hey. No, 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 no. Captain America. Captain. I am the Captain America of this show. The Captain America of this show. Well, you, you've actually now, I think you're tied with me for being on. You might actually be beating me for being on more episodes because you had a solo one a couple of years ago. You had done another one with a podcaster to remain nameless. And then you and Carp did a show. So you might actually be beating me by a show now. Pretty, it's pretty close. Yeah. But I, I am not the Iron Man. I am the Captain America because I don't die. The Captain America, old school at the movies, and who uh, I guess is going to be the new host of Heavy Set at the movies as well because you because you're on more episodes. You've now taken over the show. Uh, Carpe say- Diem is also here. How you doing? Where's your car? It's uh, where you were last episode. <laughs> oh, okay, oh. your place. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's inside my house. That's that's about it. Is no, I think that joke's running the course. <laughs> my homework for the next episode: either a twist on the old theme or a new theme, and I got to get new intros for you guys. So. Well, I mean, you're going to have months to work at that. Yeah, so. that's I got at least uh, six months to do it. So, yeah. well, good. well, Carp, where's your job? Um, He's got a job I'd now. Go in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He he works for a big drug company. Have you said? I I work for a patient support program for a big drug company. He works for a big drug company. Have you said? The, the ironic part of that is currently I do not have a job. Oh, oh shit. Where, where, that sucks. So that's why I could say the joke because I, I got shit now. Hey, man. Car- if Carp can get a job, you can get a job in two seconds. So, Hey, what the? No, I'm what just saying. Fuck, <laughs> no disrespect. All right. Let's get into a bit of movie news. And Robert Pattinson, also known as the, the vampire guy from Twilight for whatever reason now, is considered Batman material, and he's been cast as the next Bruce Wayne. Carp, your thoughts? I guess DC just really wants to kill off their properties with uh, Warner Brothers at this point. Or they're looking for a new young generation of girls, of young girls who can now flick their beans to Robert Pattinson as the Batman. <laughs> so you think Pattinson's really, it's all about the bean flicking? I, That's I don't. I personally do not see it. The joke going around right right now is like, what's next? Robin's going to be Taylor Lautner and <laughs> oh, the, Catwoman's going to be Kristen Stewart. Like, <laughs> just I I don't see the appeal. Who would the um, Joker be in Twilight Universe? Uh, the guy who looked like Christian in the first the main movie? bad guy of Twilight was. Yeah, it was the guy who looked like Christian. Have you said you've seen Twilight, right? No, I have not. You've not. Okay, so this is guy yeah, who looks haven't. like he looks like the wrestler Christian. So I call him Christian. So he's probably going to be the Joker. Oh, Keelan Lutz. Yeah, Christian. Oh, I mean, he's played bad guys in other movies. If they they hire him, I might actually watch the movie. Imagine the yeah, twist, and it uh, he ends up being the best Joker of all time. I, I, I mean, it's announced, but it's well. Apparently, they're already backing a trilogy, and this and this and that. So who knows? Yeah, but they're saying trilogy. But if it shits the bed, they're not doing a second movie. Because Warner Brothers pretty much owns the right to DC Cinematic Universe, so I don't know why they're they feel the need to restart the Bat again. Like I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, Bat flick didn't work, right? So 
right now they're just they're they're trying to make money off this commodity. And if he if Batfleck does a solo movie, nobody's gonna go. They're gonna hate it. I mean, we've talked about possible Batmans, and he never came up. So I mean, it's a it's a risky move, but also you know you could say if you're playing devil's advocate, you could be like, well, you know Heath Ledger is the Joker. He'd be what the fuck is this? And he ended up killing the role, literally killing himself. But you know what I mean, like. He ended up doing fantastic. So who knows? Maybe this guy can be Batman. Heavy set. Do you see any way that this is going to work? I want to hear your thoughts on it first. I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I just don't see him as Batman. And maybe I'm typecasting him as that flaky vampire guy. But I, I haven't seen anything in his line of work. I haven't, I'll be honest. I haven't seen much stuff with him. in. So... I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and I can officially say I've never seen one of his movies. I've seen two. Water for Elephants and Lost City of Zed for you Canadians. But Lost City for Z. For okay, us. so in those two roles that you've seen, were you impressed by his performance? <laughs> I don't remember as much about Water for Elephants because I've seen that when it was in theaters, and that was a good five, six years ago. But Lost City of Z, he plays a a supporting character and you don't really look at him as, Oh, that's Robert Pattinson. Like, actually I forgot that he was in the movie at first and he does, he does fairly well. The thing is I'm, I like this role for him because let's go back to 2006 or so when Heath Ledger was cast as a Joker, whenever it officially was, people were shitting on it horribly. Because they looked at all these, all this other work that he had done and didn't think he was going to be the Jack Nicholson type. And movie comes out and he kills it. He's considered one of the top two Joker roles. So I'm willing to give him a chance. I think if you take a picture of Robert Pattinson and put the, the Batman uh, armor on him and like the, the mask and everything, I think he has the look of Batman. You've got to remember, too, I think the Robert Pattinson uh, and the Twilight love bullshit of the culture like that's gone that's so so long ago it's like what 11 years i think this is going to be a little breath of fresh air for the franchise and i think until we actually see something because right now too he's just cast i don't know if if there is a director and we don't have any i want to see something like first like something a trailer or something because that will be whether it's good or not. Like I think when uh, Walking Phoenix two was cast for the Joker, I thought that was going to be really dumb. And I mean, granted, the movie's not out yet, but the trailer looks way better, I think, than a lot of people thought. So I'm, I'm for it. I think it's going to be cool. And the only thing is that the DC, what DC EU that they're calling it, like it could be really, really good, but it's just been a clusterfuck. So I don't even know where this all falls in, but maybe a step in the right direction i'm like i said i'm for it and i think you guys are just like lost in that past of of twilight because remember too actually he hated those fucking movies it's not like that uh, he was the poster boy for it and he was all about it no he, he it was a job to him so now years pass and i'm like how many girls are fl- quote flicking their bean now <laughs> to to fucking Twilight? Like yeah. the the people who are doing it now, like the teenage girls that were doing it now, are out at the bars drinking. Flicking so, their bean th- is something else, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that era is just is just long gone. So so far, they have Matt Reeves as the director of the Batman. He's done such movies as War of the Apes. 
Planet of the Apes, Let Me In, and Cloverfield. Of the Apes. So, so fairly good. I mean, he's got some good movies, but Let Me In wasn't all that. Well, Let Me In was a bad American remake, but that's that's for me. Uh, War of the Apes was great, from what I remember. So, so I think there's there's a lot of potential there. Potential and, for the post bean flicking era of Robert Pattinson, <laughs> and he was right around. He's or he is right around the same age that Christian Bale was when he accepted the role of Batman in the. the how dare you compare him to Christian Bale? Heavy set. I was how, comparing him by age. How dare by you? Age. Like, <laughs> part of me really wants Pattinson to do a good job, just so old school has to like accept it. Has to eat it. <laughs> how, okay. Here's how, the funny thing yeah. about the whole thing: we have what, a year ago plus where old school was just shitting on all these Marvel movies. This is going to be a dud. This is going to be a dud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> DC Prepper. And now we're talking, talking about, about a DC movie. And you're like, oh, it's going to suck. <laughs> no, hold on. Okay, so in my defense, uh, yes, I said Ant-Man was going to shit the bed. But the other ones, I didn't shit on anything else. What do you? No, you shitted on Guardians when it first came. I did. It came okay, out. yeah. Yeah, I, I said there were no names. I don't know names. who these okay. space- Fucking assholes are. I made it. I might have said they were no names. I mean, technically, you said Infinity War was gonna gonna do horribly. I don't recall that. But you, then again, he also thought Batman vs Superman was gonna be the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I should just literally. Martha. Say, yeah, I should just literally say something and just like. <laughs> uh, uh, do the opposite of that. Like, think of something and just say the opposite of it because it ends up being the case. If I say something's good, it's like the the Drake curse for the Raptors. It's like the the old school curse for movies. If I say it's going to be good, it's going it shits the bed. And if I say it's going to be shit, it's going to be awesome. So Robert Pattinson's probably going to be the best Batman of all time. Who knows? But has there been one Batman that when they came out, the media didn't shit on it? Because I I seem to recall every Batman that's been announced, even Mike back then the Michael Keaton days, they said you know he was a comedian, he had no action movie experience. And people were shitting on him. That I don't recall one Batman casting that was positive. That got a positive reaction. Only one that I remember is Ben Affleck, and it's just Ben Affleck. A lot of stuff that he's touched in the past twenty or so years. It's just people are like, "Oh my god, this is gonna suck. This is gonna suck. This is gonna suck." Even though he's had some, he's had some decent hits. Yeah, but it's no longer the the late nineties when he was just absolutely killing it. So well, I understand. Yeah, where and that. The timing was good too, because that's I think it was just after kind of that Argo resurgence that he had, because you know he shit the bed with Daredevil and a couple other things, and Argo kind of put him back on the map, and that's it was shortly after, from what I recall, maybe six months to a year after that he got the Batman nod. So timing's what everything, I guess. Town? What what's that? What about the town? Oh yeah, the town was good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I thought that was like. One of his more recent uh, jumping off points where he was like, I was like, oh, my God, he was really, really good. I, and to me, that helped put Jeremy Renner on the map. Yeah. Well, and then he also had that other movie that I hate that I'm not going to mention. I don't even know what movie you're talking oh, about. Oh, Gone Girl. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. About you. <laughs> I still love that movie. Yeah, I hate it. Um, okay. So Robert Pattinson, sound off to the panel here. Hashtag go SATM. Good idea, bad idea. Let us know. Carp, there's a movie theater in Norway that's coming out. They've replaced all their seating with double beds. Yeah, that sounds awesome. The only thing it might lead to is snoring, which would kind of be like talking during a movie. Hold on. You're just worried about snoring? Well, what else should I be worried about? 
What kind of things do people do in cinema besides watch movies, look at their cell phones, and talk to each other? Well, we haven't incorporated the bed part ever, so what do you think might be a problem there? Uh, I don't know. I picture it being a nice, clean, perfect environment where everybody's going to be absolutely respectable of everything. And STD-free. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, maybe in Norway, people are more, you know, civilized, I guess. Eastern European, uh, Western Europeans are, you know, like, maybe, you know, maybe they don't, you know, partake in tomfoolery or whatnot, uh, you know, uh, in beds in public. I don't know. Like, it's just, uh, I just see this in North America being an absolute uh, bad idea. I, you probably have to police it for a first, uh, for a bit. Yeah. I would think so. But, yeah, I mean, who knows? But yeah, it's true. Uh, cinema Nor- Pathé in wait, you said Norway, right? I believe or Sweden, it's Switzerland. Ah, yeah, same shit. Switzerland, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, they like make good chocolate. Beds. Cinema offers VIP tickets for which you get a double bed to lay in and free food. Each a VIP ticket costs forty nine francs. Around regular tickets cost nineteen dollars. The cinema even offers slippers to enhance the experience for you. And in case that's not fancy enough for you, Venanzio di Bacco. The CEO of Path Switzerland has also announced that they are launching new food offerings, including waffles and crepes. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, just looking at this, I think the snoring thing was is funny to mention it, but yeah, like how many movies have you watched lying in bed and not fell asleep? Like, there's going to be a large percentage of people that are going to fall asleep during the movie. It seems like a cool idea for me. Like, I'd be worried about. Would it be sanitary? You know, you have people fucking in the beds and stuff. And you got, I, yeah, you should see some of the tweets. Yeah. Uh, we're about to give birth to a whole new generation of cinema babies. <laughs> yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. I'm not watching any movies here. I'm falling asleep and waking up annoyed that I wasted money on movie tickets. Okay, I'm all for reclining seats. But this, this is going too far. I will not be going to the movies that gives couples and hormonal teenagers the opportunities to get further than first base or hashtag Netflix and chill in public. Yeah. Heavy set, your thoughts on a bed in a movie theater? The only thing I worry about is the dirty fuckers out there. And I'm not talking the people that are like dirtily fucking. I'm talking about just the nasty motherfuckers out there who like don't take showers regularly or, or whatever. And like you just go lay in this bed and it just stinks. That's probably my yeah. biggest thing of it. I'm I'm agreeing with whoever said the whole thing about like this goes a little bit too far. Like I'm fine with the reclining chairs. I mean, granted, people probably fall asleep more in those, but yeah, the, I think the bed is just asking for no pun intended fucking trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to to me, the ideal seating is like when we went to Cleveland. There were those big ass reclining chairs, nice and comfy, a lot of leg room. And like a just a side table to put my drinks and food. I think that's the ideal, uh, the ideal kind of watching scenario. And I, I just don't see this working, especially in North America. I mean, it's a unique thing, and it got it got uh, a lot of uh, media attention. Anyways, we're talking about it, so it definitely stands out. But I just to keep it sanitary and uh, to see if they can police it. I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea. I just don't see it working. I think another big difference is between this and recliners is it's all about how much money you're bringing in. Like granted, like I think to do that, you'd have to pay a lot of money, but it's going to be like, why the, why the fuck would I pay that, that kind of money to go see a movie? Because when they went from regular chairs to the recliners, they had to lose seats, which 
I think is fine because back with normal seating, very rarely would I go to a sold out movie. I mean, now with the theaters that have the reclining chairs, they sell out quicker because there's less seats. So I think that that makes more sense. But for the bed stuff, it's like I think that like the ticket price would just be ridiculous in America because we wouldn't charge exactly what the exchange rate is. It would be higher. Uh, one quick uh, feedback email, and then we'll go into our movie reviews. This comes from Mr. Fourth Row. He actually sent this to me in April, so thank you for your patience. Uh, hello, all drinks outside. I mean, old school to movies. Listening to episode about the orange vanilla Coke. Well, I've tried both regular and Coke Zero versions, and I like the Zero version better. As for you, who it's still around or readily available everywhere here in Denver, bottles and cans, it's considered a chocolate drink, quote-unquote. I uh, hope this makes the April show for release in early May, June, July. Love the new format of the show. Thank you. Thank you very much to Fourth Row. Uh, that is his view, not from the cheap seats, not from the most expensive seats, but from the Fourth Row. All right. But that doesn't make sense in a movie theater when all the seats are the same price. True. Uh, maybe in Denver, they're different. I don't know. Maybe it's a premium on the Fourth Row. Who knows? Uh, probably not. Okay. Movie reviews. Carp has seen a few, and uh, Heavy and I have seen a, a Netflix movie. Carp, why don't you start with John Wick 3? Fucking amazing. You have to see it if you've seen either of the other two. Uh, the opening scene puts a literal view towards how to consume literature now. It's just, it's like a bunch of headshots and head story, and then a bunch of headshots and more action, and a little bit of story and more action, and dogs eating guys' nutsacks, and more action and <laughs> shots to the head, but the dog's still eating the bodies and, and then more headshots and more headshots. And then the guys from the raid movies, the, the Thailand ones there that are like the crazy apartment action flicks there, those guys fighting John wick. And then Mark Dacascus, who's one of the best martial art actors ever fights John wick and 4.75 out of five. And how, how does it uh, pair up with say the second one in terms of, well, it leads level? right. It leads right to okay. from two to three. Okay. There's like an hour difference. You know, because watching the end of the second one, I, my girlfriend and I revisited the first two a couple weeks ago to get ready for the third one. And it just seems like there's no way he can get out of it because he literally he's running out of a park and the entire fucking park is trying to kill him. Yeah. So at that point from the park, there's he has like an hour to get to where he can before all the assassins on the planet are after him for $10 million. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Cool. And you should definitely go see it. Uh, me and Phil marked out a lot. It's got a good you know amount of comedy. And I also realized we're sick bucks because like we're laughing at parts that are super gory and violent. It's in so, my top five right now. Before we get to Carp's second one, let's get your Netflix, Netflix review of Perfect Bid. I love Netflix. Netflix. It's Netflix. the Asian version. Netflix. The sidebar, I I still haven't watched uh, John Wick 1 and 2. Oh, dude, so good. I did buy them recently, and then I had a friend, which I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this, dude, because he was like, well, the third one comes out. We'll watch all three of them together. And I'm like, I bought 1 and 2, so I could just watch them at home on my own. But anyway, the crazy thing is when 1 and 2 came out, I really wasn't interested, but hearing a lot of hype how good the third one is like oh maybe maybe i sit down and watch one two and then find time to watch three uh my netflix movie that i i seen which I'm not really big on watching a lot of netflix movies but this one caught my eye 
I'm a sucker for a good documentary, and this one was called Perfect Bid. And if you're familiar with the American game show, The Price is Right, this is all about a particular guy who I think I think he started like in high school and just became obsessed with the show. And what he would do, like I heard someone talk about this recently, and they said that he would, he was cheating. And it's like, no, it's, it's not he was cheating. He created a spreadsheet on his computer of all the prizes. And when they, when they would update, he would update the price because for the longest, longest time, they were like, it would be the same things over and over again. So he would have a lot of, a lot of the stuff memorized. And depending on, at one point he does talk about like the car prices change a lot, not just going up through the years, but it's like, it all depends on the options that they announce. Like they can have two cars exactly the same one week to the next week. And maybe some of the, the add-ons are different. So that'll, will affect the price. So he ends up getting on the prices right a lot. Only twice as a contestant, and he explains why, but there's a lot of times he's in the audience. And I want to say, like, throughout the years, he was like, he went to like 30 tapings, which is insane. Could you figure most people might go once, maybe twice? And this guy hit double digits and got a lot more into the double digits. Because apparently it's hard to even get in on the show, right? Yeah, because I think. Audience members, sorry. You have to like wait. You have to like line up in line early in the morning. So that's that's one like big thing. But he he knew the system. He knew what to do. And then like getting on, on top of it, getting on the show because you do get interviewed as you go in. And then if they think your story is interesting enough or there's something, they'll they'll get you on. And there's there's so many things. Like I said, him being an audience member, he would yell out prices, and almost every time they were right on the nose. And there's a couple times that the host Bob Barker would take notice to it and. A whole complete story about that, not spoiling anything. But if if you got Netflix and you like documentaries and you like The Price is Right, I'd give it a try. I give it about a three and a half to four out of five. I think it was it was good. Not necessarily maybe the best, but it's like documentary. So even like a three point five is pretty good for a documentary. Yeah, I'm gonna mark this down. I want to see it for the guy to get so passionate about and spend so much time on it, and the, uh, mm. you know it takes a certain type of person. So um, I'm. I don't think I'm that level with stuff, but I definitely deep dive into stuff. So I, I respect the hell out of people who do that. So that sounds really interesting. I'm going to check that out. Just cruising around on Netflix. And then I seen like that title, The Perfect Bid, and look like Price is Right. And I'm like, oh, I like The Price is Right. I like documentaries. This this sounds awesome. Let me watch it. Sweet. Now I'm going to check that out. Carp, Bright Burn. Yeah, it was really good. If you want to see a uh, maladjusted 12-year-old super boy... Uh, who uh, realizes how powerful he actually is and has some uh, negative connotations about humanity and uh, a gore fest of basically let's let's say just Superman but horror movie really well done the 12 year old kid that they got to play he's a creepy little fuck some of the deaths were like crazy in it too like I don't want to spoil anything but it was really well done and it could possibly create some sort of dark DC universe which is would be kind of cool because of after credit scene or I think it's the pre credit scene. OK, so the movie ends. There's but is DC OK with it. Well, it's not DC. OK, gotcha. it doesn't say Superman in any way. Okay. It's not Smallville, Kansas. It's Brightburn, Kansas. Okay, gotcha. But same con like I could write a story tomorrow about how a kid lands on Mount Royal in a spaceship and some, you know, family adopts the kid and he destroys Montreal like because he's invulnerable and he's blah, blah, blah. Like you can't 
can't copyright superpowers. They're not saying Superman. Like the kid doesn't even have a name. They're just calling him Brightburn because of all, where all the damage is created. So like there's oh, there's this woman who has a, a noose and she's attacking people and like they show a picture and it looks like almost like Wonder Woman, but she's a witch. And they're like, oh, there's this there's a sea creature and it's like Aquaman, but dark Aquaman, you know, that's at the post credit scene type thing. So look, DC has Lobo. Marvel has Wolverine. They're like both dick characters who are invulnerable and can heal super quick. You know, both bounty hunters at some point. Fuck, they each have a Captain Marvel. DC has a Captain Marvel. So DC can't like deny it. It's still creative freedom. Anyways, written by the Gun Brothers and directed by James, who's returning. After he goes and fixes DC, he's going to go back to Marvel. So that was cool. And then one of the brothers who plays who physically plays Rocket, but he's one of the Ravagers in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. He co-wrote it with his other brother. Spectacular movie. I highly suggest you check it out. It's a 4 out of 5 for me. Alright, I saw a Netflix movie as, as well. Uh, it's Highwayman, or Highwaymen. I saw Highwaymen starring Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. They play two Texas Rangers on the hunt for Bonnie and Clyde back in the 30s. And, you know, just being a general fan of Kevin Costner's kind of newer stuff where he plays like, you know, vigilantes or, you know, the Taken type of old guy who has a certain set of skills, that kind of shit. I, it, it fits well. It's, you know, in the later stage of this guy's life where he's a retired Texas Ranger and they've actually disbanded the Rangers altogether and they had to bring them back to take down these two, you know, kind of like folklore they kind of like almost they were seen as heroes in the public eye. And even though they were like cop killers, murderers and all, you know, bank robbers, they were seen as they weren't seen as bad people. And so these two had to like get over that fact and uh, hunt down, be seen as the bad guys and kind of hunt them down. And, you know, it was a bit slower paced, but it was extremely well acted and um, you know the the ending being a little anticlimactic, but anticlimactic, but like it 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 follows the story. Of what happened? Like that's what happened. So I wouldn't say it was a bad ending. It just you know you would figure more gun action and all this stuff, but it just that's what happened. That's how the guy the the, the two died. But just uh, really impactful scenes, fantastic acting, especially if you've seen it, uh, you'll know what I mean when I say Kevin Costner when he's in the scene with the general store with the father of Clyde. And just like saying, you know, I know you got to take my son down. And then, you know, just the, the interaction between the two is fantastic. Uh, Woody Carlson did a great job, too, as a supporting actor in it. And, you know, if you're if you're OK with kind of drama and uh, I wouldn't say the action was crazy there, but you had some action in it. It was a slower paced movie, but well acted. And I definitely recommend you check it out if you have a Netflix subscription. And I'm really impressed by the content that's coming out lately, especially the originals. And this being like an original movie that you can watch with your subscription. I would would have gone to the theater to see this. This is very good. I give it a 3.75 out of 5. Carp, Godzilla. Uh, yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Could have done a little less with the human element at some points. Uh, the monster fighting was really cool, really well done. It leads to an entire kind of universe that could be created for like Godzilla versus King Kong. I think we're going to see it at some point. And the ending also leaves it open for another uh, remake of the uh, one of the original Japanese movies. So uh, the whole concept of like it's an eco terrorist who wants to control the super monsters. And so but Godzilla can't be controlled. So to create balance, Godzilla 
is the master of the other monsters. There's like self-sacrificing human elements and self, you know, heel turns and this and this and that. I'm like, yeah, I could have done without as much human element as it had. But with all the Godzilla stuff, it was super cool. Uh, you know, your big budget action flick where if you turn off your brain for an hour or so, uh, well, two hours, you, you can actually enjoy it. So check it out. It's got 11 from Stranger Things. So for any Stranger Things fans, I think they're trying to draw that crowd. Didn't open as good as it I thought it could have. The cinema was a little empty uh, when I went to it, which is fine. No talking, no kicking. It was awesome. Uh, it's probably one of the best cinema experiences I've been to in a while since there was no talking and no kicking of my chair. Uh, yeah, well, if you had those beds, then you wouldn't have that problem. No kicking. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, unless some like eight foot tall person behind me who's too tall for the bed starts kicking my headrest. Do you ever think of that? I did not consider that. Ugh, unbelievable. I can't. I can't. I just can't. Uh, no, 3.75, a little less human element, I think would have given a higher rating, but it was also, it felt like maybe 25 minutes too long. Okay, cool. Okay, that's our reviews for this week. Plugs, final thoughts, heavy set, go ahead. I was going to throw out the, the weekend box office. Well, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. You're you're trying to cut time because you want to watch the beginning of a game two basketball game that's going to be over. Uh, the series is going to be over by the time this episode comes out, but. <laughs> hey. Well, what happened to uh, previewing the, the month to come? Okay, let's do that. We got four minutes. Let's go. What's coming up? Mm. Not that like it starts at seven on the dot anyway. I know, I know. If, even if you miss the first 15 minutes, you're hey, going to miss one. Hey, come on, man. I like my basketball. Miss 10 now. points. Yeah. All right. All right. Fucking Patriots fan now, too. Bandwagoner. <laughs> P- Patriots fan. Hey. Well, yeah, since you're jumping these winning bandwagons. You want to you wanna come over to the Stamps bandwagon? I'm, I'm per- perfectly fine with that. Yeah, well, yeah, at this point, I mean, the Alouettes, uh, the league owns the team, so they're pretty much fucked. All right. Coming out, Dark Phoenix. Ooh, okay. You know, that, that's coming out next weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a yay for me because of uh, girlfriend's huge X-Men fan, so I have to go to it by default. That's going to be her pick for sure. You guys? They didn't do the Dark Phoenix right the first time. I don't think they're going to do it right the second time. Uh, but, but this I'm is with shill. the new cast, though. But I'm, like I said, but I'm a shill, so they're going to get my money anyways. Yeah, but even like rewatching the last movie, Apocalypse, Apocalypse was not good. And then even at the end of Apocalypse, they were teasing that it was like part of her powers again, like in Last End. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's not now. And yeah, so I have a bad feeling it's going to be dog shit. And it's almost three hours, which is a little ridiculous. Wow. OK. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Heavy set. Yeah, this is a yay for me. I think I've seen. Most of the X-Men movies in the theaters, I want to say. And I mean, this is going to be the supposedly going to be the last one. So, yeah, might as well go see it. One that's getting a lot of press, like a lot of publicity, a lot of media budget. The Secret Life of Pets too heavy. Uh, this one, uh, because of everything was sitting me, if sitting me was out, oh, yeah, like I would that would be one of the ones probably for the month, maybe. But this one might be home release. I do want to see it. I think the Secret Life of Pets one was fun, and I think this could be right around the, the same level. For those who have been watching um, Raptor Games, uh, I, I was watching it on TN, the TNT feed. Uh, TNT. TNT feed uh, off my uh, IPTV box. And, like, they were showing little snippets of the movie or different small trailers throughout the entire I, – I pretty much think I've seen the movie already. I think they just revealed too much. It's more geared towards kids, so I don't think they're worried about it. That's it's kind of the selling point to get the parents in. But for me, it's going to be a home market. Cart. I mean, I enjoyed the first on when I finally caught it on Netflix, but I'm probably going to just wait for this on Netflix. I don't see myself, you know, 
now that I can't go to a movie and then sneak into another one on a random Tuesday, uh, it's it's probably just a Netflix watch for me. Next one, Men in Black International starring Chris Helmsworth, Tessa Thompson, Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson. Heavy set. I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for Men in Black movies, but this one might be a home release for me, too. I think there's a lot of cool things about it, but it also, it, in a weird way, it feels like a, a Men in Black reboot, even though there is some things that link it to the third one. But yeah. eh, I'm, I'm fine for right now. I'm just hoping that it has a little bit, it has some sort of cameo from uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, even if it's some secret thing. Like they don't have to be in the movie. It could be a fucking post credit scene. I'd be fine with that. I to me, it's a cash grab, and I there's no. There's no motivation for me to see it. Like I'm like Chris Hemsworth's good as Thor, but I just I don't it's th- Valkyrie. Come on, yeah, oh yeah, Valkyrie. I I just don't have a motivation to revisit the Men in Black franchise. So I cash grab. I don't. That's a nay for me, Carp. It's because you're racist. Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, and he discriminates against other white people who aren't uh, North American. <laughs> oh, all this all you do is shit on British people stealing American acting jobs. So shut yeah, but the he's fuck an Australian, up. so it's fine. Yay, are you are you going to watch this? I'm probably actually going to watch it. I, the, the trailers have sold me. I like uh, Keneal Nanjani as like a, a small little alien if you watch the trailers. So I'm, uh, I'm most likely going to see it. Shaft. Uh, seems like the three generations of Shaft where it's the original Shaft that's in it eh? as well. He's like the dad yep. of Sam Jackson or something. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Sam Jackson's funny. And I, I like the fact that they... Like one of the lines is actually saying, "Let's say he looks like Lawrence Fishburne," which I think is funny. So it's probably going to be home market, though. I don't know if it would bring me to the theater. Maybe it's a Tuesday and there was nothing else. I might go see it. So I would say maybe Tuesday. Cart. Probably never. I've never seen any of the other Shaft stuff. So I I usually try and avoid Shaft. Yeah, getting shafted. Yeah, uh, heavy set. You want to get shafted? If I had seen the first two. I'd want to watch the third one, but I've never watched the first two. I do want to kind of go back and revisit them. Or not revisit them, watch them. But I'm not running out of the way to, you know, out of my way to go see that now. So maybe home marker for all three, but I'm not holding my breath. Okay, so Aubrey Plaza and Mark Hamill are going to be in Child's Play? That's correct. Wow, okay. I might actually go see a Child's Play movie because I'm a huge Aubrey Plaza, Mark. She's a single mom who buys her son the Chucky doll who is voiced by Mark Hamill, but it's not about an evil serial killer taking over the doll. It's AI gone bad, which is what I'm worried about. I mean, you know, as always, it's horror. So I'm like, yes, please. And also the the viral marketing campaign where, because it's coming out the same weekend as Toy Story 4, the viral marketing campaign of like Chucky murdering like the wiener dog and like melting <laughs> Mr. Potato Head and stuff. It, it's helping with uh with selling it for me yeah heavy would huh this is probably a nay right for you no uh we we just bought the child's play box set so Ooh. this is something we're gonna go see all right cool toy story 4 heavy uh what do you think uh yes uh this is gonna be a nay for me i can't stand uh toy fuck story. you you're <laughs> going <laughs> no this is a this is a yay I, I love me a good toy story movie i think the addition of the character uh orky or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, does he have Down syndrome or something? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, this, I'm not, not shitting on it. If he so, he's, if he's the, if he's retarded, he's retarded. I don't know what to say. Like this creates a scary scenario of like anything a child creates can come to life. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, like 
if it's early in the creation of the spoon, do you, do, do you abort it? Because you know it's got Down syndrome? Or oh, what? it's a fork, you racist bastard. Utensils all don't look the same. <laughs> Utensite. I'm a utensite. <laughs> just, just because of that, the LeBronto Raptors are going to lose tonight. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what? Don't bring basketball into this, okay? <laughs> Remember when the Toronto Blue Jays were in no. the playoffs? No, I don't. No. Remember all the other years that the Toronto Raptors were in the playoffs? What happened? Heavy set. You know, you you love in Toronto so much, uh, Mr. Old School. Why don't you just consider uh, going there? I did. The rent was too damn high. <laughs> there is uh, another movie that June 21st weekend I'd like to see. It's that uh, Anna. It's uh, kind of a, um, it's an action thriller, like ballerina chick who becomes a, a, an assassin. Is Helen Mirren the assassin? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I know she's in it. It's also directed by Luke Bissell, and he's usually got some pretty solid action flick writing. So. Okay. So, um, you know, Down Syndrome fork aside, would you see it, Carp? Uh, no. I haven't seen since one. Okay, gotcha. Um, anything else you want to talk about before Spider-Man? We'll leave the Spider-Man for next. Uh... There's a horror comedy coming out with limited release called The Dead Don't Die with Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. It's got like a crazy cast. Uh, Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Savini, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, Selena Gomez. And it's uh, it's a it's a zombie flick, but, you know, comedic. Uh, Tilda Swinton's like a like a Kill Bill style ninja chick. It, it looks great. And I really hope we get a screening here in Montreal for it. Sweet. Heavy. Anything else on your radar? I, I, I mean, we'll end on Spider-Man there, but anything else? Right before Spider-Man, a movie that I don't know if I'll get a chance to go see, but it's the movie yesterday where everybody in the world randomly forgets the Beatles and like only one dude remembers them. <laughs> oh, not, oh, okay. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I, I have the concept of this movie and it's actually named after my favorite Beatles song. So I think it, it could be fun. That's an interesting. Yeah, I'm going to check out the trailer for that. Um, yeah, okay, we'll end on Spider-Man. Just, uh, just a quick heads up. After you watch the trailer for that, you're going to not want to see the movie. Okay. Yeah. Too, it's too revealing? No, it just it looks dog shit. Uh, okay. Well, Heavy says yes, Carp says no. I will let you know next episode. Um, so I figure we do our recording weekend of the 6th there of July. Uh, I'll be moved in, uh, and Spider-Man will have been released. Heavy said I'm guessing this is AEA. Fuck Spider-Man. What? Really? Dude, what? I, I, know? I know you hate Tom Cruise. I didn't know you hate Spider-Man. Carp, is he just being stupid right now? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, he's, uh, he's being forky. He's being a little forkish. <laughs> yeah, being a, a sporkish, yeah. That's uh, great. I've, I've made a new term now. Um, well, you know my name is Old School, and, and I, I like to do sporkish. drawings. Yes, heavy said. I know you're not. I know you're not a fan. Uh, so I was like, wait a minute. Remember when Spider-Man Endgame, or not? Uh, not Endgame. Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm mixing up movie titles right now. When they announced Tom Holland was going to be Spider-Man, and I was just like, still fuck him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see it. Uh, it. I think this is going to reveal a lot for the next phase, and and I'm that's when I'm that's the part I'm really looking forward to, and then looking forward to all the Iron Man fanboys to be crying a little bit. So and is it? <laughs> yes, Carbon CA. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, it's no shit. Um, okay, let's pl- end the show. Plugs, final thoughts. Have you said? Go ahead. Uh, wrestling cheers. You know, it's still going. I did release a a newer episode of. Uh, hanging with heavy about a month, a couple weeks ago. It was more of me just blowing off some steam about some people that I really care for. 
now with a little bit of extra time, I might throw out another episode here soon, but I'm not 100% I sure. I still want to hear that story about the X. Yeah, it's trying to sit down. It's like part of me wants to do it, but the other part of me, it's like, why do I want to spend time talking about her? But then again, the thing that I will, because Amanda, like, she still doesn't want me to do that episode because she don't want me to talk about her. But oh, I look okay. at people like I look at it like this. Friends like you, like you guys never knew that much about my ex. So it's kind of like while all this stuff was going on podcast wise, this is what I was going on. This is what was going on, like kind of behind the scenes per se. So it's just giving a little bit deeper look of what my life has been, was like during that time. Well, I, I don't want to start no trouble with you and your woman or nothing. So but uh, there's always. Oh, no, it's something that I want to do. I yeah. just want to like blow I, something I want to just blow off steam because there's stuff that I'm. The, this many years later, I'm still kind of like pissed about. I'm, I imagine it'd be good for closure too. Yeah, I mean that's what I, I did a lot with with uh, hanging with heavy. There, I mean, there's episodes now that have, have been deleted because I've changed my my stance on things. Like there was a one podcast that I, I really wasn't I wasn't looking eye to eye with, and you know that I'm you know I'm friends with them now. There was an episode that I talked a lot about my dad. My dad's back in my life now, so like I went back and deleted that episode. I mean, he'll, he would never find it, but it's still just, all right, this, this has done its purpose. Like, I'm going to leave this episode. Even the one about my best friend, him and I, you know, we're on better terms now. And I went back and deleted that episode, too. So, Well, and it's crazy how the internet is permanent. And, you know, you could, like you said, you have different point of view or shift your different beliefs on people and thoughts and this and that. And I think it's only human nature to do it. And uh, I don't think you should be, uh, you know crippled or held back because of uh, a thought or a belief or a feeling that you had years ago so i, th- I think it's good uh, that you did it you got it off your chest and you choose wait a minute are you saying the internet is a place where people can voice their opinions uh well not now anymore not anymore if if you <laughs> if you have, have a conflicting opinion they'll just block on twitter but yeah yeah because yeah, because yeah. people don't free constantly... speech what's that yeah yeah exactly yeah. uh speaking of free speech carpool what do you got the plug well, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast were brought to you by allbeerinside.com, where you could find all your beer drinking related needs and articles and stuff about Canada and Kickstarter stuff. And bon- a raccoon a fighting ring. Uh, yeah. And a bonus episode that just came out. Well, so as of this recording, we should be <laughs> on episode 942. <laughs> right. I figure I'll have had my liver replaced by a tiny robot uh because i believe technology will have advanced that far nano doctor uh, nano yeah. nano nano scalpel exactly <laughs> um no uh i'll be inside.com where you can find everything and then you can always find my beer venturing on my instagram which is killer carpe diem both killer with a k and carpe diem with a k but there's no third k because that's not cool. whoa whoa okay no third day only all two right. all right let's end the show before carps gets us in more trouble uh for a heavy set what do you got? What do you got? What about your other podcast? What about uh, STF? No, no, no. That's oh, uh, yeah. You can actually find me on the most recent episode of All Wine Aside, myself and Phil, where Izza tried to degrade our manhood by speaking about penis impl- uh, implants. Not cool. Uh, triggered, triggered. What about? Oh, whoa, whoa. Watch that word, buddy. Whoa. What, what about that podcast about your weight loss? Uh, what happened to that? I'm gaining weight, so <laughs> I got to rename it. 480 no it's no back back to 450 yeah yeah no i'm, I'm not at that, at that point but yeah <laughs> actually you know what i need to do one because i need to talk about the, some struggles i've been having with that um, it's called i'm domesticated and i'm feeding my fat face trust me we all go through it oh there you go well spoiler alert heavy <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah but that's a good yes I, i'm i plan on making a new episode soon so for heavy set 
Uh, and Carp, this is old school, saying, uh, go watch the movies. Go Warriors. <laughs> go Warriors. Fuck you. Go Raptors. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. From a director at the height of his powers, the biggest movie star on the planet, and an untapped source material with an original premise, comes a cinematic faceplant into a steaming pile of horseshit. <laughs> Will Smith passed on the Matrix for this, you guys. Sorry. Wiki Wiki, Wild Wild West. Getty up for the best movie where a former runaway slave turned cowboy teams up with an upper crust white guy who invents a gun that pops out of his sleeve as they face off against a flamboyant wealthy racist southern villain. Okay, second best, but what's easily the best sci-fi comedy of the 90s about a mad scientist in the old west whose base camp is a high-tech train. Oh, forgot about that one. Okay, well it's definitely the best Barry Sonnenfeld directed sci-fi comedy buddy movie where Will Smith teams up with an older white co-star to play government agents that ends with them fighting a giant arthropod that came out on July 4th weekend. Huh? Huh? Oh, come on! Beat Jim West and Artemis Gordon, the serious straight shooter and the wacky sidekick, but they never settle on which one is which. Will Smith shines as a guy in a cowboy stripper outfit who gives up on his accent halfway through the movie. That'd be an awful career decision, darling. We'd be getting there a lot faster if you weren't dragging that thing around. And Kevin Klein shines as the guy standing next to Will Smith. Yep, there he is. There he is again! Kevin, you are nailing this! They'll team up to take down the evil Dr. Loveless, a racist, fascist, mad scientist trying to overthrow the government. But that won't stop our heroes from really taking him to task for being disabled? Well, I can see where it'd be difficult for a man of your stature to keep in touch with even half the people you know. Crazy beard about your height, seen him? Actually, I was thinking maybe I'd stuff your little half a ass in one of these cannons and fertilize the landscape with you. That's all you're gonna roast him for? Well, when a fella comes back from the dead, I find that an occasion to stand up. We got a lovely little half a jail cell picked out for you. What, did a wheelchair kill your father or something? I guess when it comes right down to it, you just can't beat a good old-fashioned pair of legs. He wants to bring back slavery. Gonna damn for that at all? Well, you know, beautiful women, they encourage you one minute and cut the legs out from under you the next. Nope, just the leg jokes. Okay, cool. I'm just as stumped as you are. And also, there's a lady. He's so impetuous. I know that seems tacked on, but so is she. He's so courageous. Oh, he's so graceful. Return to a time when America had to confront the most shameful issue of American history. Boners. Because this movie is so horny that when it's not showing you its horny gadgets, touch them. It's constantly trying to show you its dick. Its dick. Its diminishing returns on all the lazy sex jokes. By the way, boobies look great tonight, nice and perky. She's a breast of fresh air. Who wrote this? My creepy uncle? I have them square in my sights, sire. As do I, ammunition. The curvature of her buttocks and the swell of that magnificent bosom. So full, so sumptuous. Likes to poke around. She's a breath of fresh ass. Why is this movie so horny? <laughs> so saddle up for a film so disappointing that its only legacy is five Razzies. One great Kevin Smith anecdote. So anyway, I'm going to meet John Peters. He's like, I got some directives for you. He's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. And the accidental career resurgence of Keanu Reeves. But hey, at least it's the best Kevin Klein movie where he impersonates the president. <sighs> really? The best sci-fi western with an anachronistic theme song? You gotta be kidding me.
The best movie where Will Smith fights a redneck in the engine room of a mechanical spider? I learned that from a Chinaman. Okay, this doesn't happen in Pursuit of Happiness or the Orc Cop movie? No? Whew, nailed it. Starring. Ah, hee-haw. Inspect her gadgets. Damsel out of distress. Shouldn't this be a Spider-Man villain? DJ Earhorn. When you were partying, I studied the blades. And Will Smith trying to make a line funnier by yelling it. This is not the way you transport Nitro! Stop the train! Stop smiling! Gordon! 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 That is not how jokes work! <laughs> the not very good, the bad, and the somehow even worse. You know, there's a little part of me wishes John Peters didn't get to force the giant spider into this movie and had to put it in one of his others. Like A Star Is Born.